Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. How confident are you when it comes to life's biggest money decisions? What is real financial peace and how can you get it? Chris Flaming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. They bring together the brightest minds to show you how to have a more confident financial future. They empower listeners with common sense concepts and financial wisdom. And now here are your hosts, LPF Advisors. Thankfully, I didn't have any uh, legal issues on my end. Uh, Let me go ahead and share my screen and we can get going. Okay, so I'm going to talk about and hopefully this can be participatory with the other attendees when we get close to the end. I'm going to talk about some top mistakes that are that I see that I observe um, from my side of the desk before and during and after divorce. Um, so I'll cruise through these kind of quickly and I'll touch on them on a high level. And then maybe that'll create some discussion at the end or what other people have seen um, being professionals from other walks in the divorce arena. So we can do that. Okay. Just quick disclaimer, nothing that I'm going to talk about or go through should be taken as advice. Uh, you should always consult with a tax or legal or financial advisor or a CPA or a divorce professional when you're making those decisions. Okay. I did that. All right. So here's some top topics for discussion, what we're going to cover today. Uh, I'm going to go over roles that people play in a divorce that often lead to mistakes that they make. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, how I, we view obstacles that come up the role that emotion plays in making mistakes around those things, things that are commonly overlooked, um, the way that our vision or the way we see stuff or the world can be blurred by going through the event of a divorce. Um, also looking at it as, as purely a transaction and something that just needs to be done and gotten over with. And then in the end, I'll talk a little bit about how I see problems and how I try to frame those with people that I work with, and we'll do a quick summary and take some questions, okay? So the the first one, top mistakes that are made often before and divorce occurs. Now, this could be a cause of strife in the marriage. Um, I think there's a lot of statistics out there that talk about um, money is often the biggest cause or money issues or money arguments is often the biggest cause of problems that people have that lead to splitting up or divorcing or having disagreements that can't be um, resolved by staying married. So uh, prior to that, or before a divorce might occur, or they go into those proceedings, I see a lot of time where one or or both of the people in a marriage um, are doing a really poor job of understanding their current finances. So these could be bad habits that they brought in when they were individuals, and then they exacerbated once they got together, or it could be bad habits just of one person. Um, Or it could just be someone has taken um, control of the finances and that was agreed upon in the beginning, but then the other person doesn't know anything that's going on. Um, Maybe they have a small account where money's fed into that they take cash when they need it, but they have no idea about the bigger financial picture of that couple. Um, And it's obvious why those, that's a bad thing, not, not understanding where your current finances are. How many times have we worked with people where they were shocked or surprised what they found out after they got into it and there was financial disclosure um, and we've all heard this, I had no idea. Okay, so um, we want to 
that's a before. And then also the organization of financial documents. So I always think about one of my clients that came in and I asked her, I sent her a list of things to bring in for her first appointment. And Publix is a big grocery store down here in Florida. She walked into my office with two Publix bags, plastic Publix bags, with just a bunch of papers and documents that were thrown in there. And then uh, she brought it all, but it took us about an hour to sort through everything on what she needed to keep and what she actually didn't need to keep. So not being, not being organized or at least knowing where to get the information or where to grab it um, can be a big problem because um, all of us have known that person, somebody that's kept their uh, paperwork, their documents for the last 25 years, uh, just because they thought they had to keep everything. And then when you go through it, very little of that actually needed to be kept. Okay. Another big mistake that I see um, prior to divorce is they do poor planning or no planning while they're married. Um, so they haven't come together and they haven't agreed on how they were going to dedicate their resources, how they were going to do their finances, what their goals were that were important to them financially while they were married, um, what their values were and how they were going to make decisions. So those lead to those disagreements. Those lead to those fights. Thus, it leads to those big causes of why people end up splitting up. Okay. Um, let's shift over to some big mistakes that I see going on during a divorce. The first one is a lack of full disclosure. We've heard a lot of the speakers talk about um, instances or examples of where people were hiding things or the, the other um, person didn't have any idea or didn't know. Um, as we have all come to realize there isn't really anything that can be hidden, eventually the truth is going to come out. What's the saying? You just have to follow the money. Um, so at some point that the full disclosure is going to be made, it's better to do it uh, during than to find out later or to have it to be discovered because it could be more detrimental at a later time. The, the other thing that I see, um, and this is part of the turmoil that people go through from an emotional standpoint, is um, acknowledging that this is a emotional event and that the uncertainty that's been created by being in a divorce, um, as Christina alluded to, um, can cause people to rush to decisions or make decisions without considering all the different options. I talked about yesterday that you cannot eliminate all uncertainty. It will always exist. And so what we want to acknowledge is that there will always be uncertainty, but we can do things um, from a planning standpoint, and you can do things on a personal level from an emotional standpoint to get the help of professionals to where you feel like you are not eliminating the uncertainty, but you are more in control of your decisions. And so once we can acknowledge that, then we can create a way forward to make decisions um, based on what's important to the person and what their values are. All right. Um, the other one during is uh, a lot of people don't understand uh, joint debt obligations. So um, I'm not going to speak at it from a legal standpoint, but on a high level, um, sometimes in proceedings or agreements that they make, both people end up being responsible for debts that were taken on during the marriage. Um, but there's a misperception sometimes that those are just going to go over to the person either who was making the money or maybe who took it out originally or did it, or it was their idea. And so then they should be stuck with it. And as we have heard already, um, the court isn't set up to where you, 
you can say your piece, but it's not where you def, uh, necessarily will go to get justification for the way that you feel. Um, so a lot of people are surprised that that's what takes place. Okay. Other ones during is they don't consider the, the tax implications of decisions that they make. So dividing assets may have tax consequences, as we all know, and there's different assets that can carry different tax burdens upon the sale or transfer. Um, so you have capital gains and ordinary income, a state thing, considerations, but um, a lot of people don't consider those tax implications um, when they're making decisions about how things should be split up or where they're gonna take money from in order to pay for things either during the divorce or after. Um, the other thing that's often uh, missed is the cost of maintaining something. So I had a client who was desperate to keep her house because that's where she had her kids and that's where she was raising them. And she was desperate that I, I don't care how this goes or what happens, I have to keep the house. And I had to have a conversation with her after looking at all the financials that um, based on what her income was going to be, what her alimony might be in her child support, the cost of maintaining that house would, would essentially bankrupt her within a seven or 10 year period of time, um, just because she does so desperately wanted to keep it. So I had to help her understand that we, one of the options on the table has to be that maybe the, the best thing to do is to sell the house. Um, but that is something that needs to be considered, um, especially for a person who may not be the major breadwinner or is going to have to go find meaningful work in order to support themselves after the split. Some people also, they are just in a rush <clears throat> to settle or get it done. And you, you, by not considering all the options or being in a hurry, um, you can miss out on some of the opportunities or um, miss out on all the options that you might have in, in a proceeding when you're going through this. And I understand this because my personality is such that I want to gather information quickly and then make a decision and move on. Um, but there are just certain things in life, certain occasions where you really cannot be in a rush uh, to settle because you could make a bad decision in a rush and that could have long-term consequences on you and the rest of your family. Okay. The other one um, that I see is uh, skipping advice from professionals. Um, you, we all know that person who eventually calls us and say, well, I was doing a bunch of research on my own. And I, I know that from online that I learned that I could do my, this myself. And so I'm thinking about doing that, but I'm just calling you because I have a few questions, <laughs> which they're fishing for advice. And those people eventually usually circle back and end up having to hire a professional. Um, but while I try to advise them, you know, that is not the way to go. We don't want to do this with online documents in your case off of some website where you print them off. All right. And the last few here, top mistakes that I commonly see after the divorce is already finalized. So uh, it can be a, a new beginning for someone. Um, they think they're going in a different direction and hopefully that's in a positive one. But I, I often see people with very, very short-term thinking shortly after a divorce takes place. Um, it kind of goes like this. I went through this whole process for a couple of years. It was emotional draining. I hated it. I didn't want to do it, but I had to. And now that I'm through that, I think that I am owed or I deserve something to kind of relieve that or to mark the moving on from what's taken place. So I've sometimes counseled people from making 
really big financial decisions shortly after, um, where it was evident that they were they were doing it just because of the hurt that they had inside, and they thought that that trip or doing that for another family member or paying us off or doing that would make them feel better after going through such an ordeal. And they were they were obviously taking short term thinking when they were making that decision. Another one is retirement asset considerations. So from that standpoint. Uh, divorce can affect retirement accounts, uh, the way pensions work, and also long-term savings. So they should have taken some time to negotiate that in order to make um, informed decisions. And the assets have to be divided, obviously, correctly, according to the laws in the state and what their financial needs are. But I, I do spend quite a bit of time educating people on the age restrictions with retirement assets and what the divorce agreement actually said about retirement assets. Um, and also assisting them in when we are enforcing those things after the divorce, are we doing that correctly according to the agreements? So then there aren't tax implications on them taking the money out early, being taxed or penalized, and also losing out on that growth potential long term. Okay. Other big one, I touched on this yesterday, but it always makes sense to check, double check, and triple check beneficiary designations for life insurances, uh, policies and retirement accounts. I don't know how many times I've uh, asked somebody who their beneficiaries were. And then I said, well, let's just go in and look just to check to make sure that the company did it right. And we went in there and uh, it was names were wrong, or maybe it was the ex-spouse or somebody that they didn't want to have anymore, someone that had passed away. Um, so double and triple check those. That's a big mistake. Um, no one wants to go into, no one wants to, not that they would know after they passed away, but no one would want to have that go to the wrong person um, when you can easily change that. All right. Then the other thing is that they're legal and estate documents. So oftentimes we want to update estate docs to reflect what's happened with the divorce. And we want the person to leave a legacy that they want for themselves and for their family. Um, and when that doesn't inc include necessarily the ex-spouse, but they, we want to make sure that their wishes are made and those are met in those estate documents. Okay. So how I kind of approach this, just in summary, um, and I mentioned this yesterday, I look at problems for what they are, you know, and some problems are, are really bad and they need, you need some time to digest them and to think about them and to rationalize. Um, but I get to a point and I try to help clients get to a point where they uh, can create opportunities. So an opportunity for growth, or it could be an opportunity for financial gain, or it could be an opportunity to make different choices, to go in a different direction, to live a different life. So I try to ask questions that helps them discover what those opportunities might be, and then take them through an exercise where we explore what their values are. We talked about this yesterday, their five top values. We make decisions through the lens of what's important to them. Um, allow them to dream a little bit about what is possible. Um, of course, we have to do the assessing and planning from a logistical standpoint. And then hopefully we get to a point where we can take action, we have clarity, and then they can enjoy the new direction that they're going in from that point on. Okay. And this is just something that I use with all clients, um, where we do explore what their values are. And then we talk about their goals and then finally, uh, we take them through a, a proven process, our planning steps, where we use those things to implement a plan, to come up with recommendations and act on those, where then they can move on to that next phase of their, of their life. 
Okay. So I want to do either Q&A at this point or even better, if anybody on the session um, thinks there are other pitfalls or common mistakes or problems that they see, um, doesn't have to be financial in nature, um, either before or during or after divorce, I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are as well. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, great presentation, great material. And I agree, let's keep the conversation going about this right now. A um, couple that I've seen in my you know 24 years of doing this. Number one, um, you alluded to a little bit, but there's the focus on being right. Usually it's the wronged spouse, the spouse who feels wronged, whether, you know, if there was an affair or something like that, or some other significant negative situation where there's obviously a large percentage of blame felt one way. A lot of times the wrong spouse gets obsessed with he, he needs to pay for that. I should get more because he did that thing, terrible thing wrong and they get focused on trying to use the justice system to punish their soon-to-be ex-partner as opposed to thinking about what's in the best long-term situation, desired outcome of both parties. Um, mm -hmm. I have a couple others, but Catherine's got a question. When and how do I switch from a joint advisor to my own? Okay, so I'm trying to think what she means by that. So let's say that, because most couples come in and I they see. work with us, if yeah. they, when they split, do they, I mean, in your experience, we've normally, yes. we end up usually like you losing one, yep. one of the, one mm -hmm. of these couple, like the husband stays with us, the wife goes somewhere else she wants. They came in together. Now she wants her own advisor. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a really good question, Catherine. So uh, in, in some cases I, I do maintain both uh, people in the relationship, but that has to be, they both have to agree to that. And I, you know, and let them know that it's going to be in confidentiality and we obviously would meet separate, but that is the case. Now, if someone wants to switch um, to another advisor, then um, you would want to find that person, that new advisor, then based on what your uh, accounts that are being split and how those are owned, um, it's very likely you would establish uh, new accounts with that new advisor and then according to the divorce agreements, those things will be split up and then they can be transferred from that joint advisor um, to the new one. And there should not be, if you're doing it in kind, not there's no sales involved or withdrawals from retirement plans, then that shouldn't cause a tax consequence when that occurs. Um, but you'd wanna be really careful about that according to the divorce agreement. Um, and then once they're transferred to the new advisor the, um, from the joint one, then you'd have that relationship with them at that point and you can move forward. That is a great question. Um, is it safe to stay together? So we're bound by confidentiality rule law. So Catherine, if you're ex and you are both still with one of us, with Chris, he and you call him up and go, what is my husband doing? He's not allowed to tell you anymore. So they become completely separate relationships. So yes, and it would be safe to stay at the same advisor, but realize you would then have completely separate relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like who's the beneficiaries or did they change them or any of that? It would be like you're two separate people that were never married from a confidentiality standpoint. And I'll tell you, oh, looks like, hang on. I think we have another question. 
The op- Can you talk about the options for a woman who divorces after a long marriage shortly after the breadwinner reaches retirement? Okay. Okay. So, um, and you can stop I mean, sharing the slide, by the way. Okay. Um, let me do that. Stop share. Got it. Okay. All right. So let me go up to that. I'm trying to look at that question. Options for a woman who divorces after a long marriage shortly after breadwinner reaches retirement. That actually happened to my parents. Yeah, right. So uh, it depends on uh, what assets or income sources are were part of the marriage before the divorce happens. So if there are pensions involved, there have to be um, agreements as to how those are going to be dealt with, how those will be split up. And then also retirement assets that were accumulated, like maybe 401ks or investment accounts defined benefit plans or cash balance plans. Um, Those things would have to be agreed upon on how those would be split as well. Um, And then you'd have to have agreements about what the maintenance would be. There's also interesting decisions that you need to make about social security. So if the person's of social security age, as long as you were married to that person for at least 10 years, then you have the ability to claim um, a benefit from their earnings, from their social security, um, at a certain age, even if you are an ex-spouse. So the, the, the determiner there is if you were married for at least 10 years. Uh, let's see here. Those that feel wrong and feel like they're taken advantage of normally want to go to cart and will, normally want to go to court and will look for a shark and try and get what they can, um, especially if, okay, yep, that makes, yep, absolutely. That's one of the mistakes is viewing the justice system as a way to get someone to say you're right or to punish the other person. It's not necessarily designed for that. It will trying to do that, at least in my experience, what I've seen is that will end up costing you a lot more money, uh, especially in legal fees, costing you a lot more in time and create a lot more animosity beyond what already exists than just trying to resolve it as quickly and as efficiently and as least painfully as possible. Um, I mentioned this briefly yesterday. If you were on Um, There is also the law has changed in regards to college financial aid. So it used to be whatever child, whatever spouse the child lived with more was the one who filled out the financial aid forms. So it was kind of a loophole. And then if you live with the spouse who wasn't making as much money, you would get more financial aid. The government, even though while they're trying to promise free college, they changed that financial aid um, law. So it's now whichever spouse makes more money has to file the financial aid forms. Doesn't matter if daughter lives 90% of the time with mom and mom stays at home and doesn't make any money. If dad is the breadwinner and even if daughter spends no time there, dad still got now got to fill out the financial aid forms. Um, I think another mistake I've seen um, fighting over stuff. People get, this happens in estate issues too, after people die, if there's not a will, if something isn't specified, people end up spending more time fighting over possessions that they have attached emotional value to as opposed to necessarily financial assets that might be more important long-term. I've also seen folks using the kids as weapons, using the kids in between, tell your father, I said, blah, blah, blah. As hard as as a divorce situation is, if there's any way to get through it without putting the kids in the middle or keeping them out of the middle as much as possible, uh, you will save yourself in time, aggravation, grief, and therapy bills in the long run. Any other questions or comments? Uh, Chris, how do folks get in touch with you 
um, to talk about. I know you've got an analysis that you provide. It's not a sales pitch in any way, but just to help them help their clients negotiate better settlements and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, website, LPF, Larry Paul Frank, Frank Advisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. LPFAdvisors.com. All right. That concludes our first uh, Divorce Directions Online Industry Summit. Um, yes, the so we changed the rules because there were some tech issues of people having trouble getting on. Yeah. If you bought a VIP ticket to get access to the recordings yesterday, we refunded your money. It is now free. Everybody now gets access to the recordings. We will hopefully have those up by the end of to, later today or tomorrow, and we will be emailing you access to the recordings of every session. We've got both the video and the audio. It's going to take time for us to edit all of the transcripts, but as they get edited, we will put them up on that same membership page you will have access to so that you can download them, print them out, and read them whenever you want. Um, thank you all for joining us. Most importantly, thank you, Chris, for putting this together and for hosting. Yeah, thanks everybody for attending. Thank you all. We'll talk to you or see you next time. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.